You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So, heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and you're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a proud member of the Geek2Geek Media Network. On this week's episode, we will be discussing the new docuseries on Netflix called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. Honestly, people kept asking if we were going to cover this show, and the answer is obviously yes, because it's Zac Efron. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) I think we're like, we were obligated to do this. I mean, the number of messages I got in Slack where people were like, have you seen Down to Earth with Zac Efron yet? And I'm like, I'm I'm watching it. Like, You're like, God, I, I'm on it. Guys. <laughs> and like somebody else messaged me. I think Ian messaged me in the main chat. And then like somebody else sent me something on Twitter. And they were like, are you going to watch the show? I mean, like, give the girl. Yes, Master Zephron, I'm going to watch your show. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's just, you know. It's our brand, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's sad if we become known as like two things for this, three things possibly for the show. One, we watch bad Christmas romance movies. Mm-hmm. Anything Zac Efron puts out. And then mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves. That's yes. It. It's not a bad it's not a bad reputation to have, that's for sure. I mean, if the people that listen are entertained, why not give the people what they want? Exactly. So before we get too deep into that, Katie, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, I <laughs> so I like decided to like leave my house and go for a drive, which was a What? I know. I know. I've been hermiting like real bad from since like March. Like I've left my house not a lot. Not a lot, yeah. Um well, I decided to go for a drive and I like drove down to Newport Beach and then took PCH up to Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Um well, I don't know if that was like a good thing or a mistake or whatever because then I got rocked real hard by my allergies cuz the air quality has been really bad lately. Mm-hmm. And so I had the worst sore throat for like four days. Like I kept messaging you and I'm like, I just, I feel awful. And I was like medicating. I'm better now. I just. That's good. I'm just nasally. So. You need to go outside more to get used to the air. A- apparently. But like wearing a mask. Okay. I got my car. Oh, well, yeah. I, I got my car washed. Okay. So, like, because my car has just been sitting in my driveway most of the time. So, like, uh, somebody a couple blocks away owns, like, a detailing thing. Mm. So, like, we paid him to come over and wash my car, right? The n- amount of fine dust in the air where I live, my car was no longer black again after, like, a month. Oh, my God. It's so bad. And I was like, yeah, wearing a mask just because of this, like, of, like, the bad... Yeah air outside so it was my car is clean now because i took it to the to get an oil change because i drive it so much but i don't (laughs) i really really don't it was just time um yeah it's clean now it won't be that way for like in the next couple of days it'll be dirty again 
Well, you got to keep up for the paint, I guess. I guess. Anyways, um, I'm still, I'm like an episode away from finishing Final Life on Amazon Prime. I've just been like jumping on and off that show because it's really weird sometimes. Um, okay. It's a Japanese drama with Taemin from Shiny. Yes. And um, it's really, really good. It's just like, it's a real weird show and it's coming to the climax, like the end, like that end is mm-hmm. coming. So I'm, I'm super close. Uh, I made my dad watch Saved, which was a thrilling <laughs> experience. Yes. Um, I thought maybe he'd like it. He likes Mean Girls. I mean, it's not a far stretch off of that. So, I mean. I'm guessing he didn't. No, I think he liked it. He laughed a lot during the okay. movie at certain parts. And um, it was it was good. I love that movie. It's super, super great. Also, keep forgetting it. It comes out. It came out in two thousand and four, so it's old. Yeah, it makes me. Is feel- that the is that the year that we have our series of movies? Is that the? Yeah, where all the like Cause... great teen romance, like the teen movies, came out in two thousand and four. Wait, have we covered that movie? No. We are letting my... I let myself down. I'm mad. I'm going to turn in my 2004 fan card. Excuse me. I can't... Well, we'll do that uh, not the next episode, but the episode after that then. Um, yeah, because that movie is brilliant. I'm surprised we haven't talked about it yet. I'm surprised we haven't either. What? All right. Um, I also watched Brave, which my mom had never seen before. So it was really exciting for her to watch it because, okay, so I came across this TikTok one time where this girl, she like, she's like, so I went out and I bought this really cute outfit and I put it on and she goes, then I was staring in the mirror and I just realized that I look like Merida because she had like the long, like curly red hair and her Uh outfit looked just like Merida. And she was like, I turned my mother into a bear. And she kept (laughs) saying into the, into the camera. (laughs) It was really funny, but oh man! But yeah, um, brave, great movie. I don't know, it's really good. Nice. I think that's like the second time I've seen it. I've only seen it like one other time. So, mm-hmm. uh, we also watched the Mighty Ducks, which is a great movie. Uh, baby Joshua Jackson, gotta love mm-hmm. it. Pacey. Um, I'm supposed to watch that in like a week or something again. For Disney Forever, so just prematurely watched it. Oh, okay. well, yeah, you, I don't think you have to watch it again, but if you want to watch it again. I mean, I love the Mighty Ducks. It was, we were getting really upset, like, uh, Void and I, because the movie wasn't available on Disney for uh, on Disney Plus until, like, a certain date, so we were waiting for it to get there so mm-hmm. that we could put it on the list to watch. Nice. It's now available, everybody. Um Sweet. I watched a couple of really horrible Christmas romance movies. They were real bad. Like worse than the ones we covered in our last episode. <laughs> I watched one called A Very Country Christmas on on um Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It was bad. It was like Chris- Christmas wedding planner bad. Oh wow. Which is like like actually bad. Yeah, it was real bad. That one, and then I watched 
a prince for Christmas or something, and that one was also atrocious. It was not good. Oh, man. It was like two real bad ones in a row. I mean, I was funny because I was watching the other one downstairs with other people. They're like, why are you watching this? Because I got to know how it ends, all right? (laughs) Okay. You're like, I've already committed to it. Oh, the thing was, is like when I was a couple minutes in, I realized that the plot of A Very Country Christmas was the exact plot of Pure Country. Which is like, Are you serious? Yeah, which is like one of my favorite romance movies with George Strait. Because it was like country singer uh, mysteriously leaves career at its peak to go back to his roots to like find himself again. And that's yeah. legitimately what happens. And then he meets a girl, which also happens. And he like falls in mm-hmm. love. It was so it's a rip off. Wow. It's <laughs> a bad rip off. And I'm not saying Pure Country is a great movie because it's not. But I love that movie in ways that I can't describe. And how many times I've watched it, I'm surprised the DVD still works. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Um, and then I've watched Pride and Prejudice a indescribable number of times because it's back on Netflix, the 2005 version. I was wondering. I was like, you watched it again? Probably. I watched it twice you, you watched in it one two, day. Yeah, you watched it two days in a row. <laughs> No, I watched it two times in one day. Yeah. <laughs> what? Girl, you crazy. I love that movie. What else am I going to do, dude? I don't know. Anyways. Uh, other things? <laughs> I don't know. I'm done. I'm leaving. Your turn. Um. Well, I started a new job. Not this week, but last week. Um, and that's kind of been taking up my time because I'm not used to standing for eight hours a day. <laughs> Dang it, quarantine. Oh my God. Yeah. Ruin me. Um, I like it very much. It's a cute independent cafe, um, which is exactly where I wanted to work when I moved back. And it's not far away either. So that's good. No like long commute or anything. Uh, I really like the people that I work with, um, getting on really well with one of the girls. She's into K-pop and K-dramas and such like that. So we instantly bonded and excluded everyone around us because no one knew what we were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) As always. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, other than watching down to earth with Zac Efron this week, I decided to watch the kissing booth too, because it came out and it was like, I don't know. It was all over my Twitter. Ness and like, it kept, I don't know, just everywhere it kept popping up. Um, and I watched the first one and it was not great. And I watched the second one because I guess I had to know how it continued. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was worth it. Basically, like, the you know how, like, when you go on Netflix, it just starts playing the trailer to, like, whatever's new? It just started playing the trailer, and I was like, okay, well, now I guess I'm invested now. <laughs> Netflix forced you to watch the movie. Yeah, they did, they did a good job, because I was like, well, gotta know what happens, click. <laughs> I mean, every time I go on Netflix, it's right there. It's in the, like, trending slash suggested slash at the top banner, and I'm like, I get it. But I don't want to watch this yet. Like when I watched the first one, I was I was like, uh, okay. Like 
that was interesting. That was a thing. I didn't realize like how popular that movie was. It was very which is popular. Like, when you watch the second, like the first one has clearly the Netflix budget, but when you watch the second one, my God, it was like, they were like, I'm sorry, how many buckets of money did you want? How many? <laughs> sure. We'll just get a whole truck of money and throw that at you. Cause my God, the budget for this was insane. Oh my gosh. Insane. Um, still just as like, I would say it's not worse than the first movie but it's not really better gotcha it clearly has more money invested in it but Mm -hmm. other than that oh also it has a very similar thing the way that to all the boys i love before two had where they introduce a new character to shake things up but you're like okay but why is this second guy so much better oh kind of a thing and then they like obviously don't get together because you're supposed to have the main two who you've been rooting for since the first movie to get together and you're kind of left going I don't know if I want this first guy anymore. <laughs> I know. I was man, to all the boys I loved before like the second one, it was real mm-hmm. hard cuz you wanted her to be so bad with the other dude but still you were like no, no she needs to be with Noah Centineo's character like she needs to be with him he's good but you're like but I really like the nerd guy like he's great John Ambrose yeah Yeah. like literally everyone on Twitter was like did we just get John Ambrose again because everyone was like um yeah John Ambrose was super cute god and like they had I don't know they had a better connection they had a more like kind of healthy relationship which is my entire issue with the first movie is that this relationship is like clearly not a healthy one and like okay i don't know i i could talk about this just because of how interesting and bad it was but we'll move on uh, <laughs> i would be curious if anyone else watched it and saw you know what they thought um i had mentioned last time that i had started rewatching friday night lights and just last night we finished it so it was a good quick five seasons <laughs> dang uh it was fun because that's pretty much all i've been doing is like i've been going to work coming home watching a couple of hours of friday night lights and going to bed it's very very little time to do much else but it's been fun um i still love it just as much as i watched it the first time there was a few things that i was kind of like "Ooh, that hasn't aged well but overall the show is still very high quality so that's about it for me. So don't forget to head over to geek2geekmedia.com to check out the latest episodes of the geek to geek podcast, geek to 2 Disney Forever, Dragon Quest FM, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, and Sometimes Rob. And don't forget to subscribe to Capsule J and Troidal Power's Twitch stream so you don't miss out when they stream their favorite games and talk about nerd stuff. Keep listening now to hear a promo for all the shows on the network. When toxic culture has you down... When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Beep, 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 beep. Comics! Beep. 
Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back. So once again in this week's episode, we will be discussing the new Netflix docuseries Down to Earth with Zac Efron. This show is eight episodes long. The episodes are 30 to 35 minutes long. I think the last one is like 45-ish. but Something like that, yeah. Um, Basically, in this show, actor Zac Efron travels around the world with wellness expert Darren Olean? Yes. Yes. To find healthy, sustainable ways to live. During each episode, Zach and Darren visit a different country and learn something new about how people in those countries are working to create a more sustainable way of life as well as help counter the effects of climate change and help save endangered wildlife. Awesome. So I was super impressed in general with what this docuseries was taking on. I don't know about you, but like... Even when I watched like the trailer, I was like, oh, I thought this was just going to be like a travel show with Zac Efron, but it's got like a whole nother deep, important layer to it. So overall thoughts on your end, Katie? Um, I was utterly blown away by how good the show actually was and like how educational it was. Yeah. Like, I I went in not knowing what the show was about. Like, I just knew that it was some series with Zac Efron. So I jumped in, and, like, the very first episode, I was like, oh, I got you. That's what this show is about. And it was really good because Zac Efron is your, like, typical millennial. So, like, you can relate super hard to, like, how he reacts to things, which is the most hilarious part of it. Because they're like, oh, when they go to, in the first episode, when they go to Iceland, right, they're going to one of the, one of a few, um, like, one of the plants, the thermal plants that, like, create the power for the country, right? And they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is one of, like, three, like, turbine plant things, and he goes, sick. Like, that's how he reacts, and you're like... There are so many things where he's just like, dude, that's money. And I'm like, yes. Bro. <laughs> he, it's just really funny because, like, Zac Efron, Zac Efron can be super relatable. It's really funny because, I mean, he's a Hollywood actor and stuff and all of that. And, like, he's not relatable on a certain level, but, like, his reactions to things and, like, how impressed and, like, odd he is about um all the different things that they like run into and encounter like it really it really affects him in the same way that it affects a lot of people especially people our age um but also like it really changed his perspective on how he like viewed the world and like what kind of mark he wants to make on the world later on and since he has the following and his like level of like 
popularity and stuff and following on social media and all that stuff, like, he can literally make a difference if he tries. And, like, he can influence other people. And that was, like, a big part of what was pushing on the underside of the show was that to use his popularity and his access to resources and his money and things like that to make a better to try to make a better place for people in the future um like i will say that there was like a part where he's like i'm done with hollywood and i was like no please Zac Efron, no <laughs> but in the, in the voiceover he was like i'm i'm not really leaving hollywood and i was like please please don't edit but i need you. yeah but like you can you can see throughout i think the whole thing like the frustration he has with and like understandably so he's so popular that he can't even like there was a few times where he got stopped Mm -hmm. you know for a picture and for and like fair enough he was like completely fine with like yeah like if they're willing to come out and do this i don't mind taking a selfie but like I don't know, like, that has to have an impact on you and an impact on your, you know, your mental health, your day-to-day life, and very much what he was focusing on, you know, in, like, in, like, a specific episode was people's, you know, like, health of life and how that can, like, promote your the longevity to your life. Yeah. And he very much was, like, I have not been living my life in a very, you know, healthy way. And unfortunately, being a Hollywood star is kind of a part of that. Yeah, he did. He did talk a bit about because he he entered into the acting world at a very young age. And so he talked a little bit about how his life has never really been his own for a long time because he always constantly had you know, paparazzi and cameras in his face always, anywhere he went, anything he did, and he wasn't really allowed to, like, be himself. Like, he had some real, like, deep conversations with Darren, like, in the car, transitioning Mm -hmm. between locations, talking about, like, what his life is like being a Hollywood actor, because Darren is a... He's a wellness... Um, like guru like that's what he does he writes books about superfoods mm-hmm. and like does all kinds of stuff he's like a health and wellness kind of guy um but like for zach it's a very different experience in life and he talks a lot about how he really wants his life to be different because he's tired and about how like where he currently lives in hollywood and like being in hollywood is not does not promote a healthy like lifestyle to live for a long time. And like, he goes super deep into that when they go to Sardinia Mm -hmm. um, because they encounter people that are centenarians, like people that have lived over a hundred years. So yeah, it gets real deep in that, but I'm yeah. So, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just like, I was blown away by like, just like by Zac Efron. Like, cause he's just like his genuineness and Mm -hmm. yeah. And like how much he really cares and how he wants to change his life for the better and try to make an impact. Um, I mean, I can support that. He was also rocking the hardcore, like lumberjack look, which was like real attractive. So I was also thoroughly enjoying that. (laughs) Yes. Let's not forget that. I also just love Zach. (laughs) 
Oh no, one hundred percent. And like he knows, he knows that's what's gonna bring people in to listen to this message. Like he knows, he's he knows what's up exactly what he's doing. He knows what's up. I mean, also, if anybody was wondering, this show was definitely sponsored by three specific things: Hilton, Visa, and the the clothing brand he was wearing. Oh, I didn't I didn't notice that. I noticed TripAdvisor, Visa. And whatever phone it was that he was using, mm-hmm. where he kept pulling out that, like... The stylus. The stylus. Thank you. I can't think of the name of it. Um, I, I was I was dying. Because he only wore, like, one brand of clothes. And I was like, clearly this show is sponsored by this brand of clothing. <laughs> oh, Zach Yeah. The little, like, pans to TripAdvisor and, like, the TripAdvisor flags in certain areas. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I wonder who sponsors the show. And they and anytime they stayed at a hotel or a resort, oh, Hilton. it was Hilton. 100%. Yeah. There was a lot of sponsors in this. I mean, fair enough to get the money. That, like, they, you know, did a ton of traveling. Mm-hmm. They had a full crew with them. They did a lot of really, you know, big things. So it makes sense. They got to get the budget for that. They ate at a bunch of like Michelin star restaurants in other countries. And I'm just thinking like as he's eating that meal, I'm like, that's probably a four or $500 meal per person. Oh yeah. The fact that he like casually asked that one chef, like, Hey, you want to just like come along? Like, it's like, that's like a huge. All right. All right, all right, Zac Efron, we get it. You want to come to this meal that'll probably cost an extra, you know, grand? <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it actually costs that much, but um, so basically, the way that these two met is that Darren does a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming I haven't, I, I obviously haven't listened to the podcast myself, but I'm assuming about a lot of the topics that are dealt with within this docu series, and. Yeah. Yeah, do you know? I I think it is because, I mean, like, Darren focuses a lot on health and wellness and all that stuff. And, like, Zach got introduced to his podcast and then introduced to him. And then he was on a couple of episodes and stuff. And they just became friends and decided to do this show. And they recorded all these episodes in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Which becomes very apparent by the end. Yes, it and does. it's also like they legitimately ended this show on the saddest possible note, and I was like, "Come on, guy!" Oh my god, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll definitely there. talk about that. Yeah. So they're they're now buddies. They have a common, you know, interest, goal, and like I don't know theme in terms of what they want to do with this docu series. Um, and like we mentioned, they go to eight different countries, dealing all each dealing with different topics in terms of you know climate change, um, Sus- wellness, yeah. sustainability, uh, food. food. Yeah, there's so much. There's so much, um, but it all ties in really well. So we start with Iceland. So for that episode, they explore the sustainability uh, culture of Iceland, geothermal and hydroelectric power. Um, contribute to Iceland's 100% renewable energy portfolio, which is so cool to think about, to think about that, like, the entire country is running on renewable energy. Because that's, that's kind of the goal, right? 
Yeah, it's, it was, I was actually, I had no idea. This is where the part where I'm like learning stuff comes in because I had no idea that Iceland was completely run on renewable energy and the way they do it, because they go through and explain because there obviously is a trade-off between like the way that they're doing their renewable energy process. Um, but they explain like how they're able to do it without damaging the environment at the same time. Mm-hmm. So they're doing it in such a way that it like is both beneficial, obviously, to the people that live in Iceland because it's beneficial to the environment, but they're also not contributing to um, pollution. They're not contributing to um, choking out the ecosystem and different things like that. Like it's actually like it was very, very interesting to like learn all of the stuff and like a lot of some of their energy is coming from because they have an active volcano. Mm-hmm. in Iceland which they like pull a lot of their um energy from like when they make so they legitimately made rye bread that looked like yes. cake but they like made it in the ground like put it in a pot covered it with plastic wrap put that stuff in the ground and it like baked it yeah that was insane <laughs> that was <laughs> That was insane. Because, like, you've heard of, like, frying an egg on, you know, the sidewalk of, like, it being so hot. But, like, baking bread and, like, doing it well? Oh, my God. That's a skill. It was it was very, like, Zach was just like, what? We're going to make ground bread? What? <laughs> he was really weirded out. It's really funny. But it was, like, it looked really, really good. And it looked like cake. And, like, when they were eating it... it <laughs> Zach was like, this is the best bread I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. No, for sure. Like, I don't know. It looked looked really, really good. Mm -hmm. And it was just cool to see that, like, like you said, like, they were taking what would essentially be, like, the product of them creating this energy and essentially, like, circling it back into making more energy, Mm -hmm. which is, like kind of the way that they're trying to think for a lot of solutions like this in terms of climate change like they're like okay like in order to do this we have to solve this problem and it's like people i don't know well that it could get like super political very quickly but it's just not happening in the united states whereas it's just very much happening in other countries where they've they're just like yeah, we need to do this. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like what they're going to these countries for and just seeing like, look, this is proof of it being done. People are doing it and it's like clearly having an effect. And it's like not this impossible like, oh yeah, wouldn't it gee, wouldn't it be nice if we ran on 100% renewable energy? It's like, yeah, no, it's it's 100% possible. They've done it here. We just need to, like, actually go for it and find that solution for our area. You know, we don't have a active volcano, but yeah, we could, you know, find another solution. Yeah, I mean, what's really great is that they go to the places where they go to the plants and the different, like, places and they talk to the people who are in charge like the the professors and the different people that are in charge of creating 
um, that work at the plant who were uh, help come up with the idea of how to make it possible. We also had, or like kind of the reoccurring theme they have within the episodes is they do obviously all the important work of talking about what that country is doing, you know, what these like solutions are, but also they take like a couple of things and do some fun stuff. So <laughs> they went, where did they go where they did the whole hot cold thing? They were at, um, they were at their hotel that they were staying at. It's, it That's was like right. a spa thing at the Hilton that they were staying at. And they basically mm-hmm. did the like Viking challenge kind of thing yeah. where they, Zach crawled into this like super cold tank and it was so yeah. funny. He's just like sitting there in the tank and like freezing he's like i can't feel my feet my hands my legs i can't feel anything and he's like he was a zach efron popsicle yes and darren did it like so easily he was just like yeah yeah it feels great dude's crazy (laughs) i'm like dang um so yeah they did they did that whole challenge where they went for like the super cold just super warm and then they also went to the blue lagoons which was really cool and it was also like i had always heard about that it's one of those spots that like all the travel vloggers are like flocking to Uh it's becoming super super popular i didn't realize that the actual purpose of it was to be healing yeah because the water is filled with it's naturally filled with a lot of collagen so it's good for um skin issues but it but like also didn't wasn't it also for like other health issues like yeah it was crazy i didn't realize that that was the entire purpose of it i thought it was just like a really cool looking <laughs> it's also really thick water which was real weird because he like yeah. pulled his hand out and i was like that looks disgusting like yeah, it is it lo- really it gross. weird for sure <laughs> it's really gross but i want to i really do i've always wanted to go to iceland like honestly ever since mm-hmm. i started following adam rose and he like yeah. went to Iceland. Like I've always wanted to go there. I want to go to Reykjavik like real bad, one day. I've flown through there. The airport is very small. It's very cool, but I haven't actually obviously been to Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also went to the Amnam or On Onmon. It's Omnom, I'm pretty sure. Omnom, gotcha. Uh, chocolate place, which is where you bought some of the chocolates, right? I did. I bought some chocolate from there because of nice. Zac Efron. And then they went to France for the next episode. Um, first, they started out by um, in L.A. with Anna Kendrick, which I always enjoy. Uh, they started out in L.A. with a water sommelier. Sommelier. Is that how you say it? Sommelier. sommelier. Thank you. I, I'm terrible. Uh, which was, like, essentially a water expert. Yeah. Right? It's, like, it's the same... I don't want to say it's the same thing because people might get mad. Because you know how, like, there's water or there's wine sommeliers? Like, these are those yeah. people that, like, are trained and, like, can tell you anything and everything about a bottle of wine. And, like, they're really great at, um, like, telling you all about the different flavors inside of a wine. Uh, inside of a mm-hmm. wine. And so this guy is a water sommelier. And he has yes. them taste a bunch of different types of water from like different places and he's talking about the um like solids 
dissolvable solids in the water and stuff like that. But then he was talking about like thick water and I was getting real weirded out by like <laughs> some of their their yeah. their weird waters they were talking about. Oh, it's TDS, total total dissolved solids in the water for like mineral replacement and mineral content and stuff and it was just like yeah. They're like, this water kind of tastes like a penny. And I was like, that's not water I want to drink. Like, But at the same time, you're thinking, that's insane that, you know, the like, I don't know. Like, I thought that whole discussion was super fascinating that, like, tap water was essentially, well, I mean, like, obviously, like, tap water is not exactly considered to be golden, but it's, like, essentially just garbage. Like, it's almost more harmful to you not the not drinking water, but if you drink like only tap water forever, like that's not really great to your health as it is drinking like proper water. It it depends on where your water is coming from. So like well, yeah, the, the water in California in especially in like LA County, garbage. Mm-hmm. Because they put too much chlorine and different stuff into the water treatment process. Yeah. Um but like my my best friend lives in New Hampshire and they drink tap water because their mm-hmm. water is coming from one particular source and it's actually like natural. Like it's more like the water that they find in Paris where it's like the yeah. natural spring water that is treated at a water treatment facility, but it's treated in a different way. So it's actually like their water tastes really good. Like you drink tap water here and I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> But there are definitely places where, like, tap water is really bad. Um, and then other places where it's fine. So it just depends on yeah. where you are. Exactly. And he talked about, like, pure water being, like, absolutely terrible because it's super, like, chemically treated. And the whole point of this episode was that they went to France and talked about how they treat their water and just, like, their whole culture around water in France. And... You know, the fact that the government has, you know, put these fountains all over the city and made, uh, instead of making it privatized, it's public so that everyone can have access to free water. Mm -hmm. Everyone. Um, They have fountains all over the city. They even have an app that helps you find a fountain, um, bottle refilling stations. They even have uh what was it vending machines with reusable water bottles that are empty that you then can like buy and then fill Mm -hmm. outside (laughs) um basically to get rid of i mean it gets rid of like a lot of problems you you don't need single use water bottles you have clean water that is actually good for you and you give access you know to people who may not be able to purchase water yeah, it's all over Paris. There's free water everywhere because they talked to, I forget who they talked to. Was it the mayor of Paris or something? Um, they talked about how they decided to do it this way because it allowed everyone to have access to water. The homeless, tourists, people who live in the city. Um, but I will say they have on tap for free still water and sparkling water and i was dying because i thought that was the funniest thing that they had like you could get sparkling water and i was just yeah it was the most 
It was the most French thing I've ever seen. It was really funny. <laughs> With bubbles. <laughs> yes, it was just really funny. But, I mean, it was really cool because they learned a lot of different stuff about water there. They went to the water treatment facility and um, learned about how they treat their water there and, like, why it's treated so much better in Paris. They test for so many things. Mm-hmm. They, you know, filter it much more naturally and not as harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the part where he was like, so like, how do you filter out the ducks? That was <laughs> really see, funny. Like, <laughs> he was like, at what part of water? <laughs> at what part of the treatment process do you treat? Do you filter out ducks? Yeah. And I was just like, bro, give me a break. It was, it was funny. It was, it was really, so it was funny. good. I will say they did go to this town in, in France where they have, where people go to, to try to get a miracle mm-hmm. and stuff. And like, I'm not going to lie. Like I was super shook by like all the stuff they were talking about because they had, I th- I think it's like 40, it was 40 recorded, like official recorded miracles that are confirmed by the uh, physician that they have on staff there. And it was declared a miracle by the Vatican yeah and stuff and it was like i was like what (laughs) yeah the fact that like someone you know took the water and it cured them like completely yeah and they had like the process that they go through to like confirm that it's like an actual miracle is like you have to have some sort of like incurable illness or something show up there like have it documented um have the water there or like whatever process it is and Mm -hmm. then it just clears up on its own like out of nowhere treatment no other treatment just uh, disappears out of nowhere and then it stays gone for 10 years and then they will officially declare it a miracle i will say that they like we're like two minutes not even two minutes into that interview and they offended the doctor and i was like dang that was intense. Like, Zach's Because, like, face. all they were doing was pausing to check for the mic, and he was, like, super offended. And, like, I felt really bad, because I think they were just like, oh, my God, did something get, like, misconstrued in translation? Like, what happened here? But, like, I think it was he just thought, like, oh, clearly you don't you don't want to hear what I have to say. You just want to, like, make sure the this, like, famous actor sounds good. And they were like, no, 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 dude. Like, we are here to listen and learn, and we are here out of complete respect, yeah. which they were. They very much were. Yeah, I will say that, like, Darren smoothed that over really quickly. It was mm-hmm. because the one of the staff members was like, hold on, we need to check Zach's mic. And it wasn't exactly, like, the kindest like non-rude way to say it but also like i think he took it too easily defensive because he's like oh you just have this like cute actor guy who thinks he knows what he's talking about but has no idea and they were like that's not why we're here no no they 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 very much smooth that and i think like even by the end you could tell he was like much more relaxed and Mm -hmm. understood that they were there for good intentions it was it, it was an interesting episode that's for sure Yes. Um, then we went to Sardinia in the next episode. No, we went to Costa Rica, bro. Oh, shoot. I missed on the notes. My bad. 
<laughs> we went to Costa Rica. Sorry. Detour. <laughs> uh, so Zach and Darren explore sustainable com- communes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Costa Rica, learning the principles of enjoying a farm to table lifestyle. Uh, this was one of Darren's like friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they went there and they had built this entire like area where they essentially like had all of their own food supply. They had a whole team working together to, you know, live there, eat there. They provided um renewable energy there. Mm-hmm. There's there was like all kinds of just like I mean if the whole world disappeared they could essentially survive <laughs> right there. Yeah. Um I will say though that I'm pretty sure at one point um Zach Efron may or may not have thought he was joining a cult and he looked <laughs> real scared. <laughs> Tell me he didn't look terrified when they were taking that boat to that like that remote place and all those people just started like coming oh. out of there the look on his yeah. face was just like where where are we going and he was like he's like dude there's just like a bunch of chicks here there's just a bunch of chicks and then he was like oh no there's a couple of dudes with long hair too he's like oh okay he was freaking out it was really funny but also i was very nervous for him i mean it was yeah. it was kind of an interesting like it was a bit out there um but the 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 main guy was interesting he, for sure. He was a weird dude. But I mean, like in Costa Rica, like they were trying to really show that you could take, um, you could build an entire lifestyle and like survive on what's available. Because like the main the guy that they went to go visit, he built his entire house out of of things that you find in that rainforest, like in that area. So like none of the things that he used were not from the area that they lived in and he built a gorgeous house and i was like mad about it i'm not gonna lie because it's really beautiful and like it was interesting because it's very like community it's very it's showing that it's possible to have a farm to table lifestyle which is very much what they live by but it was also like yeah okay like it was interesting um they also had like that school there which was really cool like that the school that they had there, which was like a free learning environment, which was actually very conducive to the learning style that those kids um, like took to really well. And some of them spoke multiple languages. They were doing high levels of math at a very young age and stuff. So it's like they created a very sustainable lifestyle in a very eco-friendly village. And everything was like plant-based um, diet and like anything that they ate came from you know, their front yard or their yeah. farm that they had close to them. So it was pretty, it was pretty interesting, but I thoroughly enjoyed Zach just like wondering whether or not like he was being shipped off to a cold somewhere. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that, I don't think Darren would do that to him, no. but, and I don't think those people were yeah. that at all. It's just that that's the look on his face. Oh no, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, so the heavy, heavy influence, or sorry, heavy message of focusing on, you know, sourcing your food that's around you. Because especially, I know for sure, well, I, honestly, like in the United States, in Europe, in a lot of places, we are constantly outsourcing our food and the amount of energy that that takes 
to, you know, like have the food travel from one place to the next, that takes up a ton of energy. We also have to genetically modify this food in order to last that long. Because there was a couple of things that he talked about on the island that he, because like Zach even said, like, why don't we have this in the United States? And he's like, because it wouldn't last. Mm -hmm. He's like, we picked this like yesterday and it'll be bad by today or tomorrow. You know, we focus so much on having everything, but we like sacrifice a lot for that. And so this is more focused on like taking what grows around you using that and having good quality food that isn't going to massively take a ton of energy and impact the environment. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So then we moved to Sardinia. Sorry. You're fine. <laughs> um, this was actually one of my favorite episodes. Same. So in Sardinia, the key to longevity is low protein consumption. The opposite of what every personal trainer will tell you. So they went to this area where they discovered the highest amount of centenarians, which means that people over 100 years old live. They had they called it the blue zone because this guy who was actually doing the study was just had a blue marker, blue whatever, and was making blue dots of where all these centen centenarians lived. And that's why they called it like a blue zone, yes. which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and they just found that especially within this one city it's this it's, one it's, it's this one town this one town there was like such a high you know group you know they even went to like the cemetery and they were like okay 104 105 199 like almost everyone had lived this extremely long life and they were even performing, like, cognitive tests to see, you know, how, like, quality of life they were living up until that point. And, like, the one woman that they did the test on, she was, like, she was doing it great. Mm -hmm. She was nailing it. She, you know, was clearly, like, it's not like they're just, oh, like, they're sitting in a chair trying to live as long as they can, not really living a quality of life. Like, no, they're fully there. You know, they're present, they're healthy. Um, they also found that their diet was essentially like everything opposite to what, you know, everyone tells you. And even, even Zach was like, literally every diet I've ever been on has been like so protein forward. Whereas like they found that that was like quite the opposite. It was high carb, low protein. Um... You know, they, they did a lot of, like, homemade, local, you know, pasta and bread and, like, those those flatbreads, you know, that would be passed on, like, and learned from generation to generation. And, yeah, it's essentially not the diet you would think that would <laughs> keep you living as long as they have. It was It was very interesting because they talked to the people that were doing the study and then they talked to somebody else who was tracing back the lineage of all the people who lived in that village. And they kind of came to the conclusion that it's it's a co combination of things. So it's it's their diet. It's their um, uh, lifestyle that they're living as well on top of that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the complete opposite of the style of lifestyle that, like, Zac Efron lives, right? 
So Mm -hmm. they were really, this is where he was really having that, like, I've got to get out of Hollywood. Like, it's not sustainable to mental health. It's not sustainable for a long, healthy lifestyle, like living in the environment that I currently live in. And um, they really found out, like, there was a guy who was tracing back the lineage, and he was saying it really traces back to, like, these specific families and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And not every person that comes off of that, um, out of that area uh, live to be as old as, like, some of the people that are in Sardinia because they're really saying that it's, like, it's a combination of, like, nature versus nurture. So it is their genetics that gives them the ability to to have the potential to have that long life, but it's how you like nurture that in the environment that you're in. Right. So all the people that are living in this blue zone, like they're living to being like 97, 99, a hundred, 104, like being um, much older and seeing so much more. And that's what they were really discovering um, during this. And on top of that, my favorite thing about this episode was the old lady, the lady that was sitting behind Zach during the cooking class. Yeah. Were you watching her face? Because she was literally just staring at Zach's butt the entire time. (laughs) And then she'd look over at the girl who was teaching the cooking class and give him like, give her like this smirk. And she's like, I'm glad I'm here. And I'm like, girl, I'm glad I'm in the right spot. (laughs) (laughs) It was the best thing ever. I was dying. I also love the woman teaching the class was just like so sweet to him. She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he was real bad at kneading dough and like doing everything that like they wanted him to do yeah. and like making the pasta and stuff is hilarious. He was trying so hard and she was just very sweetly like, no, 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 no. <laughs> She's like, you're doing great, sweetie. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, exactly yeah I think that was like the first time where like other people realized that he was like there because uh some younger people showed up to like take photographs with him Mm -hmm. and stuff he goes words out we're here (laughs) it was really funny yeah and it was like this huge they took this like huge group photo so they could obviously like move on to where they were going I also really liked the walk that he took with um oh yeah the one man Mm -hmm. where they like he's like hey like could i take a walk with you i hear you take i heard that you take three walks a day and it was like a not an easy walk like zach even said to him like dude this is like steep and there's steps and the steps are huge like this is not an easy walk and then like it ends up to be where he the walk that he takes is to the bar (laughs) Oh my god, to have a glass of wine? That was really funny. He's like, what's the secret to, you know, staying so positive because he's such a positive person and he holds up the glass of wine. He's like, this is it. And I was like, yep, truth, truth. (laughs) Yep, that translates to every culture, I feel like. Yes. Um, But I just really enjoyed that episode. I think they had like a lot of just fun um, definitely, you know, Zach was having like an existential crisis the entire time, but I think he was also still enjoying himself. It was, you know, yeah. I mean, he was definitely having this like life reassessing kind of deal, mm-hmm. um, about what he wants to do for his future. But I think they like genuinely had a good time, like meeting all of the people that had been around for so long and like they've seen so much and and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that like kind of grounded him and like gave him a different perspective on like the kind of lifestyle that he wants to live and also like it was shocking to him that like the food 
that they were eating was just so opposite of everything that he'd ever been hearing about. And like, it was really funny when he was like eating the pasta. He was like, this is so good. And I'm like, yeah, dude, the food that we had in, in France and like the food that I had in, in England and then we had in Ireland and like in France was so much better than food I've had here. <laughs> like definitely France. Like I really enjoyed the fact that the bread wasn't so like painful to eat. Like, my sister can't eat, like, she has a gluten issue, like, a gluten intolerance. She mm-hmm. was eating buckets of bread in France, no problem. And legitimately, that sandwich that we had at the Louvre was, like, the best, oh my God. the best, like, pre-made sandwich I'd ever had. I, we were sitting in the, like, Seriously. lobby of the Louvre, and you were like, do, do you need a minute? Yeah, don't look at me while I eat this. <laughs> yeah, don't look <laughs> No, but I agree with you. Like, that was the best baguette I've ever had. It was so good. It was so good. All right. So then we move to Lima. And Zach and Darren travel to Lima, Peru, to learn about the country's natural biodiversity and the research being conducted to preserve and engineer potatoes and other superfoods. So, essentially, they went to this what do you call it? Like a, I don't know, like a research facility, Mm -hmm. I guess, where they were, had samples of like every potato that they could possibly find. Yeah. As a backup for if anything were to happen, like we were to lose our food supply, they could essentially recreate it. Yeah. So all over the world, they have these like, um, seed I forget what they're called. They're like these um, yeah. locations where they keep basically every possible strain of a plant so that if something were to happen to the ecosystem, like like the potato fam- famine, right, mm-hmm. um, that happened a long time ago, like that, where like all the potatoes in Ireland just like were just, they couldn't eat them. Um, if something were to happen like that everywhere... Or some sort of natural disaster or man-made disaster that, like, wiped out an entire species of plants. They have these places where they can get the plant life from and replant it and stuff like that. And then they have backups to the backups. Yeah, so, like, if an entire uh, facility, like, the, the one in Peru, burned down or whatever, they have, like, a backup in Brazil or something like that. Yeah. Like, they have... They have backups of their backups, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's so smart. It's essentially like a filing system for like every plant and food source that they can find. Yeah, and they just happen to specialize in potatoes. They had the weirdest looking potatoes I've ever seen. Because oh what was really funny is that like I think you don't realize just how incredible the nutritional value of potatoes can be, and that's what they were like trying to explain because. Like, I think Zach was just like, oh, French fries, right? Yeah. But, like, they were really trying to, like, dig down and describe, like, how important potatoes are to sustaining life and things like that. And, like, how they can be used in other places to actually, like, sustain entire villages and cultures and things like that in other countries where they don't have a lot of food or water and things like that. Where, like, potatoes are, like, what they can have. And that's it's a superfood in the sense that it 
like has a ton of vitamins and a a ton of nutritional value to it, as well as keeping people full. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Which is why they were trying to grow it in other countries where it's much needed. Yeah. And they even talked about a different type of, I forget what it was called. It was a different type of almost potato thing remember the they brought out the one guy where it was like it wasn't legal to take it anywhere else oh yeah they had species of potato um that are only in lima and that it Mm -hmm. was like illegal to export them to other countries or it's illegal to grow them it's and it had like a lot of beneficial health or health benefits right yeah and like i guess they were selling them in another country and it was like highly illegal because like somebody stole the plant and then like started selling it somewhere else and it was like it was kind of a knockoff version of it which really didn't have any of the nutritional value yeah yeah i remember them talking about that like that was really interesting there's like a whole it's really weird that there's like this whole black market for like like stealing species of plants and selling them to like other places like it's i believe that it's technically illegal to make parmesan cheese outside of the place in italy where they make all the parmigiano reggiano cheese like that's the only place the cheese comes from wow i did not know that yeah it's the same for like there's like some weird black market thing for venus like naturally occurring venus fly traps like i heard about it on an episode of criminal where there was like a whole black market and they're like really expensive like you make a lot of money by selling naturally occurring venus fly traps so there's like this whole like black market like anti thing going on and like either it's like north or south carolina where they have to have people protecting the the naturally like the naturally growing venus fly traps and we're getting way off topic but like it's just that's crazy it's ridiculous to think about all right so we go to the next episode which is in puerto rico and this came not long after hurricane maria you know the de- the devastation right wasn't it like not long after it was or- they were past um it was after they were still recovering from hurricane irma and maria so they were still yeah this was like a year or so after i can't exactly remember what years both of those hurricanes they happened like one right after the other in consecutive yeah. years but it was when the total devastation of pretty much all of puerto rico happened Exactly. And they were so, still cleaning up from that, like even oh, now. Oh, big time. Yeah. So they wanted to focus on the idea um, behind refor- like reforming not just to rebuild, but adding sustainability into communities. Um, sustainable housing, solar power, um, lots more to that. They went to certain uh, certain people's houses that had been lost due to Hurricane Maria and Irma. They also went to, like, that one hotel that had just been completely, like, com- like completely not completely wiped away, but it definitely damaged the entire hotel. Oh, yeah. They went to, like, a Hilton or something that was completely damaged by, because it was right on the coast, so it was completely damaged by both of the hurricanes, and they were in the process of rebuilding it. And then they also went to this, like, more inland local like bed and breakfast b and they yeah. ended up becoming unbeknownst to like 
the owner on like what was going to happen that they basically became a safe haven for a lot of Puerto Rico, like a lot mm-hmm. of the town that the hotel is in because they built the location to include um, like rainwater collection and purification as well as um, solar power power. and like sustainable energy that was powering that B&B. So a lot of like it became a place for like people to come when they like lost everything. So a lot of people were staying at the B&B. They were offering um, free like people could come charge their phones, laptops, whatever they needed to charge because they had unlimited amounts of power, right? Because they're it's a solar powered Mm -hmm. facility. And they like went there and talked to some of the people that lived there that lived in that location they talked to the owner about like the reasons why they did that and like how important it is and different things like that it was really interesting it was and they were totally blown away that they were like one of the few people that had it like obviously it was like them and their next door neighbor had had it and they connected their solar power um their solar yeah panels uh to create like a a grid essentially Mm -hmm. and i think the neighbor on the other side of them also got some installed so they were like creating a like a whole grid for the entire town that if they were to go down again or lose power they would have it and what they were talking is about is that like this idea needs to translate further Mm -hmm. throughout all of puerto rico well really everywhere um you know we we need more sustainable ways of living housing solar panel i mean it's 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 a good solution to have in such a crisis as this Mm -hmm. this is a perfect example of like where this would have benefited Mm -hmm. puerto rico um it was also really emotional at the beginning when like she was trying to have zach sign the wall of people who had come to help and he was very much hesitant like he was like i haven't done anything why do you want me to sign you know, sign this wall. I haven't actually like done anything. And he, and she said like you helping talking about this and spreading the message and getting this message out there to more people is so much help that it's very much warranted that you can sign this wall. And it wasn't until then that he felt like comfortable doing that, which I thought was really, really genuine of him. Mm hmm. I mean, then he did he did stuff, too. Like, while they were there, they helped a family um, clear out the rest of the debris from a house, from their house, because they were living in, like, some... It almost kind of looked like a shed or something, like, off to the it was, side. Yeah, it was like a shack. Yeah. yeah, because they didn't... Like, the husband was um, hurt, and, like, she didn't have enough energy to be able to, like, clean up. So they used the whole crew and basically cleared out all the debris that was left over mm-hmm. from like in their home so that they could start to rebuild. And they also like that kid or whatever, the kid that was there. That's like oh, this yeah, the, ge- the genius IQ kid, kid. Right. And like they gave them the first um, sustainable house that they had built. And like they presented it to him and his family so that they could move in there. And it was a house that was like um, built in a way to be, um hurricane proof so that Mm -hmm. like what happened because they like did that like big pan out of the town of the city right and showed like all the blue roofs those are tarps over people's roofs of like because they haven't been able to like fix their roofs yet and he they were like we're trying to get to a point where we don't have this 
like issue anymore, right? And it was really, it was a really sweet thing to like talk to that kid and like learn everything, like what he's learning about and like what his family went through. And they like learned a lot about how important it is for like the community itself, how they rose up together to help each other. And that's truly what got them to where they are currently and like how many people stepped up to really help Puerto Rico out. And all the mm-hmm. food and stuff that they were serving, like that one chef that like did he sell, serve like something like four and a half million oh meals or something to people in Puerto Rico and different things like that. Like it really showed how important like the community was and like how they all came together to help each other out with like clearing out debris for their houses and like rebuilding and getting to a point where they could, you know, continue on with their lives. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, then we move over to London. Uh, They went to London to learn about sustainability and environmental consciousness in heavily populated cities. So London famously had a massive pollution problem. Mm -hmm. You know, we have the London fog drink for a reason. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Because London had a serious air pollution problem. And they have change that drastically but there are still certain pockets of london that have poor air quality and you have to obviously sustain that and one of the ways of sustaining that is by building these green walls where essentially instead of just having like concrete walls everywhere in cities like you normally would covering those walls in greenery in like plants you can do um even they said like put gardens in them and they're completely sustain sustainable but obviously it also brings a lot more like oxygen right to the air doesn't it like it cleans the air it's cleaning out the the carbon dioxide that's uh, emitted from like the cars and stuff um out of the air and the green walls really help with that and they also um have people plant bee like pollinators to attract mm, bees and yes. stuff because a big thing that they were talking about too was like bees and how important they are to sustaining our ecosystem because if the bees go we won't be long after them i'm just saying yes because yes, they pollinate and you know help our plants keep growing help more plants come to exist uh it would wipe out so much of our like what food supply right Mm -hmm. i and even oxygen oh yeah and i will say that like i i did notice this because like i went to london and i went to a few other um cities too while i was i was in england and there are parts in specific cities where they don't allow cars so what they've really done has really like stepped up their um uh, public transportation is really, really good, especially in London, um, so that people are not using their own vehicles, that they're using public transit, that they're walking, using bike share, different things like that. Um, and they've also limited the amount of cars. And they also put on a surcharge on your car, mm-hmm. like if you want to drive your car in the city, depending on like how much pollution, like how much like exhaust and things that your car emits. Like, you get an upsurge, like, an upcharge on that. Um, Yeah. When I was in Oxford, you weren't allowed to drive your car into town. Like, you could get to a certain point, and then you couldn't take your car in anymore. 
Yeah, because it was probably one of those spots where it had poor air quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have those like little pockets, and that's the way that they've found can help drastically reduce that, mm-hmm. which is so smart. I mean, unfortunately, like the way to control people is through money. I mean, like like this hasn't happened here, but over in Northern Ireland, and I think the whole UK, there's like a sugar tax, which is supposed to help prevent you from eating or drinking things with sugar by like forcing you to pay a bit more Mm -hmm. so like when you go buy a coke versus coke zero there's like a 20p like upcharge to it and that's to deter you away from drinking the sugar yes but like that's how that is how you kind of like adjust people's behavior Mm -hmm. you know like hey i'm gonna charge you this much if you drive through here I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And, like, I will say that, like, going around Oxford, it was a lot easier to, like, walk around and stuff because the only vehicles on the road were taxis and buses, pretty much, in the center of Oxford. Um, Like, there were cars in other places, but, like, when we drove in, like, the closest we could get was, like, our hotel that we stayed at. And, like, you couldn't go any further into town without walking. Yeah. They also focus a lot on plant-based diet within this episode as well. They talked to a chef that, you know, had a lot of health issues in her life, and she found that plant a plant-based diet was the only thing that alleviated that, mm-hmm. which I've actually heard that before. Um, there's a, like, real popular, she's on, like, BuzzFeed and TikTok and whatnot, um, she talked about having these like insane migraines and the only thing that cured it was going vegan, which is like so crazy to think about that like there could be so many diseases or, you know, issues, health issues going on in people's lives that could be healed or alleviated by having a plant-based diet. And not only would that help us personally, but that would also help the environment. Yeah, I mean... It's much more, like, I don't want to say that it's, like, much more realistic, but, like, it's, I think the thing that, like, because Zach also, like, talked about this, about how, like, he goes, it always, like, I was always deterred from, like, becoming a vegan because of, like, how the food looked. It just never looked good, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, uh, and, like, the difficulty and, like, attaining, like, going out and, like, having, um, being able to have a vegan-based diet and things like that, like, it was always really difficult and the food that that girl made she made a a curry it looks mm-hmm. so good like so it so did. good and that's really what that chef was like trying to like that was a big part of like the cookbooks that she puts out and like her youtube channel and all that stuff is really like that it is possible to live on a plant-based diet and have it be flavorful and not be like not make you miss other things yeah, not just, you know, eating french fries and that's it. Like cuz I mean people people get it. No, cuz some people do that. No, I'm kidding. Um, I was like just eating french fries like that sounds great. What about tater tots? Well, no, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but like, you know, some people feel like going on a vegan diet is going to just l- limit them to very little. Mm-hmm. And the truth is is we just don't know what to eat. You know, we don't know what to make and she's a chef that is championing you know learning 
easy dishes that everyone can make that are good and filling and flavorful. Yeah. And they also went to that Michelin star chef who was also, well, he, he did a plant-based diet for them that night, but his more thing was focusing on farm to table. Yeah. Which is a reoccurring theme that we've seen through most of these episodes. Yeah. It's a lot of like throughout this episodes, a lot of it is like, um, they only serve in their restaurants what they can get locally. Like in Puerto Rico, that's where the, the local fishing thing came from. So like they have mm-hmm. a, um, a restaurant there. I think it's, I think I'm pretty sure it was the Puerto Rico episode where like yes. whatever fish that was caught fresh from the local fishermen, like that's the only fish that he served in his restaurant. So he would go down to the docks every day and t- pick out the fish that he would serve in his restaurant that day. And like, yeah, and they even created that app that would like link local fishermen with chefs mm-hmm. in order to like give them someone to sell to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That was local. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's move on to our last episode. Iquitos? Is that how you say it? Yeah, I think it is. I'm pretty sure. I think so. So Zach and Darren traveled to the Amazon to learn about natural growing plants used both medicinally and commercially living sustain yeah living sustainably hits home for darren as his home and life are affected by the 2018 california wildfires that was a that was a seriously intense and emotional episode i thought yeah i mean because they were when they were in the middle of filming this particular episode was right when the Woolsey, Thomas, the Mendocino complex fire, like all of the fires that happened in 2018 in California that just devastated specific places like, um, like parasite, uh, parasite paradise was like pretty much burned to the ground, um, Mm -hmm. in Northern California. And then you had a lot of Ventura County was burned and, Darren ended up losing his home in Malibu to Mm -hmm. the Woolsey fire. And And he was like, what, already on the way to the Amazon? Like he was, he was like either almost on the way or like. He was out of cell service range when they were calling, like his family was trying to get in touch with him, trying to tell him that like they were evacuating, that the fire was coming, but he decided to keep going with this because at a certain point, like there was nothing he could do. So it was up to like, you put your faith in that maybe your house will survive or not. And unfortunately his home did burn. And that's how they yeah. like ended the episode was him pulling up to what was left of his house and like the area that he lived in mm-hmm. and just standing there. Cause like literally everything he owned was in the suitcases that he had with him on that trip. And then his dog, which was kenneled. Yeah. That was it. Which was such a, it, it, it both brought the theme to full circle, but in a like kind of really like, awfully sad way because he talked about like the entire he said it made him mad but it also made him like want to fight more for the issues that they were talking about within within these trips yeah because he's saying like like this was caused by climate change like climate change is coming at us full force where it is literally now affecting him personally 
Yeah, it was, it's, I mean, even as we're, like, recording this right now, we have 12 wildfires burning in California right now. And one is, like, really close, is close to where my grandpa and my aunt live. And oh it's the, the Cherry Valley fire that's burning right now. Like, I, I took a photo of it yesterday because you could see the smoke from, um like, the area, like, one of the areas I was driving through. And it just looked mm-hmm. like... An explosion, like the fire. I don't know if I sent you that photo. I sent it to I, you. I saw the photo, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's so bad. And it's like, it's just a constant, like wildfires are just a constant thing. It's every year. It's, it's, it's every year and it's for longer and longer periods of time and it's more and more damaging. I know my cousins um, up north during, I think it was during 2018, their their homes were completely burned down. Several I knew several people who law whose families lost their everything that they owned in that fire. My friend Joel, who has been on this podcast, his parents nearly lost their fi- their house in the Thomas fire in 2018. Mm-hmm. They were ex- they were extremely lucky. Their house and two other houses on their block survived. Everything else on their block burned to the ground in Ventura, which is is so upsetting it's it's very upsetting and it's like a constant problem here because our our like like because climate change just makes it worse and worse like every year like we had a lot of rain this year but that just Mm -hmm. makes our fire season even worse because it's really hot right now it's really dry and we have really bad winds also here and like it's so easy to spark a fire here and like oh, some of them are accidents some of them could have been prevented like some of them are set on purpose some just happen and it's like it's yeah. like a multiple it's different a things mixture. yeah and it's it's just something that we like live with on a constant basis in California so exactly but within this episode they were also in the Amazon which was one of Darren's favorite places, which that had to have been such a mix of emotions to like be going to travel to one of your favorite places, not knowing if you have a home to go back to. It it was very interesting because they like spent most of this episode like out climbing through the Amazon, which Darren like Zach was that looked intense. Zach was dying. It was really funny. He was- you could tell it was a struggle for him he was dying because of like the like obviously it's like the amazon so it's super humid and like there were bugs everywhere at one point he just like put his jacket on because he just couldn't take it anymore with like the bugs and stuff but they were going through and like talking about how all these different plants have different medicinal properties and like what they can be used for and how they can sell them commercially and like how important they are and then they went to that like healing facility or something and Mm -hmm. um i'm not like they were talking about like a bunch of different they worked with like a shaman Mm -hmm. to have like it wasn't the the one that was like the more controversial one where it would you know would essentially like give them visions hallucinations that kind of thing yeah but it was uh something like adjacent to it that had they like they put this concoction of different plants into a pot and boiled it and like had the steam they put them in this like (laughs) like tarp makeshift 
tent thing yeah. where they like completely like immerse themselves in the steam in order to like obviously have it absorb within their body but like breathe it in everything there was even like a smoke treatment you know all these things to essentially give them some sort of health benefit um that was super interesting uh they they also like ate like bark that essentially like had a it like alleviated i don't know certain muscles and things i mean there were so many things that they were just like eating i was like but what if you don't have those issues does it do something else like i know because <laughs> you know? they're just like yeah this this helps arthritis and blah blah blah, blah. here eat it and they're i'm just like but if you don't have that what's the point yeah um they also went to that restaurant where they ate those like worm things Grubs. Oh, and like the whole crew was like gagging trying to eat <laughs> what's really funny is that like so darren is a vegan right and so they they were eating the grubs. So like throughout different parts of this thing, like um, Zach would do things like he milked a, a milked a goat and like some other animal and drink the goat milk. That was really funny. But like he was like, Darren, you want to try? And he goes, um, no. And I was like, bro, it's natural. It's straight from the soil. <laughs> I was gonna say like part of me was like, yeah. well, why not? Isn't the point of being vegan to not? harm and this isn't really harming but like i mean i get like yeah probably once you've been a vegan that long you don't want to like break that chain that you've been on like i haven't had honey in this many years even though it's naturally like not harmfully collected honey mm -hmm. you know <laughs> it's still like the principle of it i guess yeah that was i mean it was interesting because zach was always trying to get him to like do something or like he wanted him to eat the grub or whatever and he goes no yeah. man that looks so gross i was like bro he, he goes, was like he was like you don't have to do it and he's like no i've already committed to doing it i'm just you know like pumping myself up here <laughs> he has a taste like teriyaki and i was like no no ew no no bro i mean 100 percent. if you were not like if you had your eyes closed and you didn't know what you were eating you probably would be fine but they said like it was the mental block of like looking at it and like the texture <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's, no thanks. But overall, this documentary really, really highlighted a lot of issues and points and topics that are super important to talk about. Um, they did it in a way that, to me at least, wasn't preachy. And it wasn't, like, too much shoving it down your throat. To me, it was just like, listen, this is a place that's doing this and they're doing it well, and it's working, and it's effective, and these are the benefits that it could bring to our culture as well. And that was kind of essentially what it was, at least to me. Maybe it's because like I also kind of more align with that way of thinking. I don't know. I would be curious to know if someone who didn't believe in climate change would think of this. It... It definitely, it, sh it shined a very bright spotlight on a lot of different topics and a lot of things that should be taken seriously in a lot of different ways in which it is working to help counteract the effects of things that are happening and how it's serious it is to like, like take these kinds of things seriously and what small things that you can do yourself to help, like help 
change and change the environment and help make things better. Like even as simple as like planting uh, pollinator like flowers to attract bees Mm -hmm. in your yard or creating a green wall or something like that or changing up your diet or different things like that using sustainable energy. Like there are ways to help in a small way. And that's what they were really trying to like push that like there are ways to do this. They weren't preachy about it. They were... They showed lots of different ways. Some of them you were just kind of like, uh, like when they went to Costa Rica, I was a little like off put by some of the different things. But I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many different ways that people are living their lives and they were really trying to show like how different other people's lives are to give you sort of like a full picture of the possibilities that there are to live a more sustainable life, healthy life. Yeah. Um, it's not this abstract idea that's unobtainable. Exactly. And I mean, people are going to take what they want from this. They're going to take from what they want from what we said. Um, I mean, I suggest watching the show because it is good. Zac Efron is hilarious. It is educational and it is interesting. So, yeah, it's not boring in any way. It very much is entertaining. They do a lot of fun things within the episode as well. Like they go down like that that really spinny slide in London, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they do fun things on their trips as well. So it's like, if you like, you know, travel shows with like an interesting informational take to it, or like you like those like cool YouTube videos that like talk about a certain issue in depth, but in a really like interesting and digestible way, this is that show. Mm -hmm. And it's done really well. Um, man, did it add on a set sad ending though? Like I was watching it last night, like right before bed, and I was like, "Wow, super bummer." <laughs> it was a now super I bummer. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened. I mean, it's been two years, so I'm sure that like Darren sure. has figured out. Well, and he has money. He lived. He like, lived in he... Malibu. Yeah, I was gonna say like, part of me was like, "Yes, would it be absolutely tragic to lose all of your?" belongings 100% like I feel for him on that level but then on the other level I'm like you're not like because he started comparing himself a little bit to the people who lost their homes in Hurricane Maria and I was like oh no it's not the same you can rebuild within an instant they cannot yeah it was it was that was a little skeptical on his comparison but I mean it I think he was just emotional it it I mean like the emotional toll absolutely probably the same like the devastation that he felt because I mean for him he like he said it himself he was like it's just stuff but also like I think the realism of when they started to head home really hit him where he was like everything that I own is in the back like in the trunk of this car yeah and like he didn't really I think he sort of blocked it out up until they were headed home and then when he got when they showed him showing up at his house and he was just like, basically it ended with like a drop of the F-bomb bleeped out yeah. and then the show just ended and you were like, well, that's a bummer. Yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah, it sucks. A lot of people, a lot of people lost their homes in that fire. It was like one of the worst fire seasons that California has had in a long time. Like if you go on the Cal Fire website and look at the 2018 wildfire season, it blows your mind how many acre- acres were burned, how many ho- homes and structures were lost, and how many people died. It sucks. 
sucks. It's really awful. Well, on that bummer <laughs> note, I guess we'll <laughs> we'll end just like this docu-series did and wrap it up here. Any final bits? Nope. I love you, Zach Efron. Sweet. That's all I got. Yes. Uh, I look forward to him doing more of this. I think it would be really great. I mean, I'm definitely down for him rocking the skateboarding lumberjack dad look. I'm here for it. Anyways, <laughs> all right. Well, don't quote me on that. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Tea Time. The show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes are available on our website, teatimewithkc.com. Feel free to reach out to us at Twitter or Instagram by using the handle at teatimewithkc or at Facebook facebook.com slash teatimewithkc. If you want to chat with us in real time, you can join our Slack workspace or our Discord server. Invite links are in the show notes. And you can also email us at twithkc at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and basically every other podcast app. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the geek to geek Media Network by visiting geek to geekmediacom The Twitch stream subscription links for Capsule J and Troidal Power will be included in our show notes. And until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.